glory to your word, O God in heaven. I ask that you would minister unto us, O God in heaven. Open our eyes that we may see, cause our ears that we may hear, and let our lives be transformed in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, I yield myself unto you, asking that, Lord, you will speak through me. But above all, Lord, let the name of Jesus be glorified. And the people of God are edified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Please be seated in God's awesome presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is really good. And all the time. God is good. And all the time. God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Quickly, let's open our Bibles to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. We're carrying on from where we left off last week. The book of Genesis. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God said, God, then God blessed them, and then God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Again, for those who are writing, um, we're carrying on from last week, and the title is Dominion Mandate. Hallelujah. The Dominion Mandate. Praise God. And so I'll just give a brief recap of where we started off from last week. And I trust that the Holy Spirit would um, interpret and communicate his word for us this Sunday in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, last week I started by sharing an observation that Solomon was able to see in scripture. And he said there is an evil or there's an error that I have seen under the source of the earth. Hallelujah. In other words, I noticed things and things were not as it should be. Praise God. And he said that what? That I have seen under the sun the sort of error that arises from a ruler. In other words, the person who was making this error was not someone that you will expect to... Um, you know, when a child makes a mistake, you make an excuse for that child. Hallelujah. But when an adult begins to behave in a way that is not supposed to be, then you will say that it's an error. Hallelujah. And so here, Solomon was saying that what? The sort of error that arises from a ruler. In other words, it says fools are put in many high positions. Hallelujah. While the rich occupy the low ones. And it says, I have seen slaves on horses back while princes go on foot like slaves in other words this was not the idea of god it was never the intention of god for things to, to be like this i'm going somewhere and so for that reason we began to look at if you look at the scripture and you begin to wonder 
God said that I have given man dominion. In other words, I have given man authority. And here we said that dominion simply means the power or right of governing and controlling or having sovereign authority. In other words, when someone, I'll give a good example here. You understand that assuming, for example, I was a police officer. And I'm wearing just my, my regular clothes. The kind of respect you would give me is different from when you see me wearing my full uniform. Hallelujah. You are not then respecting me for me being an individual, but you are respecting the authority vested in me. Hallelujah. And so we understand that when God created man, God gave man authority. Hallelujah. And the essence of that authority was simply saying that man, my desire for you as God to his creation is that you begin to extend my influence all across the aspects of humanity. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And then I said that this is what God is referring to as a dominion mandate. Because the dominion mandate simply is that what it is fulfilled when the signature of God is witnessed in all aspects of human existence. Praise God. In other words, if you want to know what God looks like, all people need to do is to look at creation and then they could be able to see the signature of God in that particular aspect of life. Praise the name of the Lord. And I said here that the concept of dominion is one that captures the ideology of God for humanity. In other words, it was God's intention from the very get-go that you and I have dominion on the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. As a matter of fact, allow me to say that what dominion is in your DNA. Hallelujah. It's in your DNA for you to exhibit the nature of God. After all, the scripture we read earlier on said, God said, let us make man in what? Our image. Hallelujah. In other words, it is not that I look like God physically. Simply saying that I exhibit every nature that God possesses in scripture. And what is then that nature of God? We see it in that verse 28. It says, I'll put them in three categories. God simply says what? Be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. God said what? Replenish the earth. And the number three thing is said that what? Have what? Dominion. Hallelujah. In other words, if you wanted to know what God looked like, it was going to be measured based on those criteria. Am I making sense? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And the reason I say this is because every creator or inventor in the process of creating what they do, consciously or unconsciously, they leave their signature in that particular thing. Praise the name of the Lord. Every creator, whether you are an inventor, whether you are a graphic designer or whatever it is, anything you created with your hands, whether you intended it to be so or not, when you are creating, you leave a signature of you in that particular thing. And I'll give you an example. For many of us, my wife enjoys a cooking. I mean, if, if she spends 20 hours on YouTube, maybe 20 hours is watching something, either cooking or baking or whatever it is. And the only thing that she's doing that for is to get recipe. Praise the name of the Lord. That recipe is somebody's preference. Am I making sense? 
In other words, it was never her preference, but it's the person who created that particular recipe is saying that if you want to know, so a good example is, how do you eat Ghana jollof and you eat Nigerian jollof and you say that, well, this is Ghana and this is Nigerian. You have tasted it. And so that means there is a signature of the, for want of a better word, the Nigerianness in that particular jollof rice. I'm not here to debate, debate which is better. You know, I want peace. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's not a case of what's better or, or which one tastes more. I don't know. I've never tasted Ghana jollof anyways. Praise God. Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to communicate here is simply that when God created us, he left his signature in us. In other words, to prove that you are mine. Praise the name of the Lord. That you are mine. I'm going somewhere, what I'm trying to say. And so here we see that God said this, like I said earlier on, he said, be fruitful and multiply and then replenish the earth. And I said that the dominion mandate is that what there is a signature of God in every aspect of creation. And so, very interestingly, we started looking at if every aspect of creation is supposed to have an evidence of the nature of God or the signature of God in that particular thing, then what then happens? Why is it that, for example, in our political system, you can't even see the trace of God anywhere? Praise God. As a matter of fact, corruption is on the high. You come to the economic space or the business space, you cannot even see sincerity in the way people do business. If that be the case, what is wrong with our world today? My answer is simple. There is no dominion mindset prevailing in that particular way. And so somebody came up with what we call the seven mountains. Praise God. In other words, Having examined the entirety of human existence, he was able to capture that there are seven mountains that touch every aspect of human life. Number one is the mountain of family. Number two is the mountain of government. Number three is the mountain of education. Number four being the mountain of media. Number five being the mountain of business. Number six, religion. And number seven, arts and entertainment. In other words, if you're able to address these seven areas of life, you can confidently say that there is a signature of God in all aspects of human existence. And so for today, the essence of today's sermon is that we start with the very first one, family. Praise God. We start with the very first one, family. And I'll give you the reason why. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, I remember I said it here last Sunday, that the reason why we use mountains is because there is something unique about mountains. Because why? Mountains is where the laws are given. Praise God. I said that last week. Because even when God called Moses, he said, come up to the mountain. And it was on Mount Horeb that Moses received the Ten Commandments. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so Isaiah was confirming the same thing here in Isaiah chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3. It says, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It says, now it shall what? Come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. It says, and shall be exalted above the hills. And it says what? All nations shall flow into it. It says, many people shall come and say, come, let us go up to the house 
Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. It says, for he will teach us his ways and we shall what? Walk in his paths. It says, for out of Zion shall what? Go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In other words, if you begin to understand that this is God's idea from the church, then we understand that these are the kind of teachings that are relevant if we are going to see the dominion mandate being fulfilled. Because if the house of God is where the law shall come from, then we must know what is God's idea for these seven aspects of life. Am I making sense? Because until we are able to capture God's mind as to how he relates to these seven mountains, how can we then teach people? Praise God. So for example, when it comes to family life, when it comes to family life, how are we able to show the world that this is God's way of building a godly family? Praise the name of the Lord. You see, as a matter of fact, I'll just give you some statistics here. Um, I saw that according to this research, it said that divorce rate in marriages has gone up to 73%. Now, let me even scare you the more so you understand where I'm going to. Now, I went to research and I found out that of this 73%, between 30 to 50% are Christian marriages. Praise the name of the Lord. And yet, the Bible says that what? Out of Zion shall go forth what? The law. What I'm trying to make you understand is that what? Whether you like it or not, your marriage is under attack. Praise God. It's simple. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do about God. Because you understand that what? Anything God, the devil is what? Out to make sure to convince people that what? This is not the way to go. As a matter of fact, if you bring it home, what we call normal in marriage is no longer normal. Praise God. Growing up, I, all I knew about marriage was what? Man and woman. That's the end of the case. Praise God. But we understand that what? This is no longer how it is in the world that we live in today. That as a matter of fact, the agenda that is being pushed towards marriage now is about self-fulfillment and what? Personal gratification. It has nothing to do with God whatsoever. But what then is the dominion mandate? That there is a signature of God in every aspect of life. You see, the reason why this teaching is very important is because if we fail as parents, there is a danger for the generations to come. Praise the name of the Lord. If we fail as parents, the lives and the destinies of our children is at stake. Because remember I said that at creation, every creator does what? Leaves consciously or unconsciously in the signature or, or his signature in his creation. Praise God. And so you understand that the devil is out and out to ensure that whatever God instituted as marriage is negated to the point whereby there is no longer godliness in the lives of the people. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number two is that what? According to this research, according to the reality that we live in today, that sex between an unmarried man and woman is an all-time 69%. 
Personally speaking, I think it's more than this. Praise God. I think it's about maybe about 80%. Praise the name of the Lord. Because there are things that I see on social media, and my question is, do you have parents? Do you, I mean, do you even consider your parents could see the nonsense you're doing? Praise the name of the Lord. Because growing up, I'm not that old. I'm not that young. I, anyway, so I'll leave you to guess my age. But, but the point is, there was something called, even before there was anything like godly fear, there was, first of all, the fear of your parents. Praise God. As a matter of fact, you know, I remember growing up, um, I think I've, sh- I've shared the story here. My parents went to the village, and it was just me and my siblings. Me being the firstborn, I could do whatever I want. And so, I went to the fridge. I've, some, I've seen my parents drink um, stout and beer. And so, I, as a child then, I just went uh, to the fridge, and I took the small stout. I cannot forget. That was the last, first and last time I ever drank it. You know, and so I took it. I got to the living room. I put on the AC. I put on the movie. I went to watch. And immediately my eyes saw my father's picture. I took it back. <laughs> Praise God. My father was not there. Let's even remove the fear of God. For a God that you cannot see. But just the thought that if my father should catch me doing this thing. My life is finished. But you see, that fear is no longer there. And the reason why the devil is doing this is because, you see, the moment you allow yourself to compromise on your godly values, you are easily manipulated. And that's what the devil wants. Because if I'm able to manipulate the minds of these people, I can get them to do what I want them to do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Should we even talk about the issue of gay and lesbian relations? I have nothing against them personally because the Bible recommends that I love them. But I will not fail to tell you where I stand, whether what you are doing is right or wrong. I will not fail to tell you. As a matter of fact, by me being a Christian, you should know my stance. But guess what? Even in the church, there is now a case of, oh, you know, let us tolerate. I'm not saying kick them out. But let godly principles, because what? The Bible says that what? And male and female, he created what? He them. And so if we are going to enforce the dominion mandate, then you must begin to understand. There must be a signature of God in every aspect of human existence. So the question is, in your family, what is your intention? Because you see, if you're not careful... As a matter of fact, you know, in this day and age, there's no guarantee that if you're married, if you do five years wedding anniversary, you deserve to be commended. Praise the name of the Lord. That's the truth because it's unfortunate, but that's the truth. And the pressures on families nowadays is simple that if I can get them to break, because you see, society, society started from a family level. It's, it's biblical. The Bible said that what God called Jacob. Jacob went into Egypt as an individual. And he came out what? As a nation. Praise God. And so you understand that every nation, every society started at the family level. And so the devil is so wise that if I can affect the family structure, there's no point about thinking about society. Who are those who are making laws today? They, are fam- they came from families. 
The people who are terrorists or doing whatever that is ungodly and despicable, where did they come from? As a matter of fact, when you begin to dig deeper, statistics have it that 71% of people who are in prison are sort of coming from homes where there are no fathers. And so you understand that the devil is seeking to put what? Enmity in the family structure. Now, the reason why this is, is important is this. If you know how the devil is fighting, then you know how to fight for your family. Praise the name of the Lord. Because whenever you have a misunderstanding with your husband, then you begin to understand that it is not my husband, it is not my wife. Because the things that we see in families today, you ask yourself, I thought at some point you came to the altar and you said, I love you. But what then happens to that love? That you could no longer even look the person in the eye. There is so much animosity and hate towards the person you created children with. So you understand that word when the Bible said that from the beginning, it was not so. An enemy is the one doing this. If we are going to ensure the signature of God in our families, then you must know how to fight. Because you see, the devil doesn't know how to fight fair. Praise God. The devil does not fight fair. Because sometimes we think, oh, the devil will not attack me because I'm a prayer warrior. You see, all it takes is for all that God is seeking to establish in our lives uh, today is what? To bring us to a place of understanding. Because if you have that understanding of God's idea for marriage, for families, when the devil begins to strike, then you know how to fight. Praise the name of the Lord. Because you see, I'm saying this now because it's a great concern for our children. It's a great concern for our children. The future, it's not enough for you to say, perhaps when I go and be with the Lord in old age, I've left an enormous bank balance for my children. So after all, socially speaking, they'll be doing well. But you must understand that as much as there's a social aspect to their life, their spiritual aspect matters most. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not against people being single mothers or whatever it is, but you must understand that this is, it is not God's idea. We see in society today, two females agreeing to raise a child. It's not supposed to be. Or two males, I mean, in my place of work, it caused a massive argument, but I just I said, it's my belief. I'm allowed my convictions. Two men cannot raise a child. There's a reason why, and the society today we are living in is doing everything they can to separate fathers and mothers. Because if that happens, the child is vulnerable to attack. The child is vulnerable. Our schools are doing more teaching than we are, than we are at home. What is God's idea for the family structure? Because when we understand this, you must be willing to fight. You must be willing to fight. If not, we will always give the devil the upper hand. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so in doing this, we now begin to reflect. If we are going to build the foundation that God wants us to, to ensure that we have his signature in our respective families, we must first and foremost ask ourselves, what was God's original intent for the family? Praise God. What was God's original intent for the family? Because we must rebuild the foundations. The Bible said that if the foundations be destroyed, 
what then can the righteous do? And my answer to that question, the righteous can rebuild again. We would have to rebuild again. We would have to rebuild. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so what then is involved in the process of rebuilding? Number one, like I said earlier on, we must ask ourselves, what then is marriage? What is God's idea for bringing a man and woman to come together? Praise God. It is not because, oh, that I just love him, I love her, and so for that reason, let us go into marriage. It's much, much deeper than that. Praise God. And so someone defined here, a kingdom marriage is a covenantal union between a man and a woman who commit themselves to function in union under divine authority in order to replicate God's image and expand his rule in the world through both their individual and joint callings. Praise God. And so for every time you ask yourself, why did I marry this woman? Why did I marry this man? This must be your reminder. That God has a unique assignment for the both of you. That his intention is to what? Replicate his image. To replicate his image in every aspect of your life. Personally speaking, I believe that every marriage under heaven, according to God's intention, has a unique assignment to play on the earth. Praise God. Because if you think about it from the beginning, the Bible said, and God told Adam, Tend to my garden. There is a garden God has given your husband. I'm speaking to the men. There is a garden God has given you. And the role of your wife is to help you in tending that garden. Praise the name of the Lord. The role of women is to help in tending that garden. But it's unfortunate that many of us don't even know what garden God has given us to. And so for that reason, when challenges arise... We are fighting each other, forgetting that we are on the same team. Praise the name of the Lord. We fight each other, forgetting that you and I are in the same team. And this is not what God will have you and I do. Praise God. And it says here that what? Well, we must expand his rule in the world through both their individual and joint callings. And so this is why I said that marriage is like a boat with a man and a woman with a kingdom assignment. And the final destination of that marriage is heaven. But the possibility of them reaching their destination is based on the willingness of both parties to rule. Praise the name of the Lord. I think I've given that example here before. For, for, for many of us who know how the rowing boat works, if one person is rowing, all you keep doing is going in circle. You're not going anywhere. Praise God. And that leads to frustration. So you see some marriages, perhaps only the wife is the one rowing. At some point in time, she's frustrated and she wants to leave. Or the husband is the one rowing and the wife is doing nothing. He's frustrated and the next thing the devil would come and introduce somebody else who you believe can roll and then you want to leave your wife for another woman. All these things are the strategies of the devil 
to do what? To destroy the family. Because when the family is destroyed, the society is exposed to any attack. This is why the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it said that what? A threefold cord is not easily broken. A threefold cord is not easily broken. And for us in marriage, we are taught that that cord is between a man, woman, and God. Praise the name of the Lord. A man, woman, and God. And this is why we must have this understanding if we are going to fulfill that dominion mandate. We must have this understanding. Praise the name of the Lord. That's number one. Number two, we must come to the understanding of what it means to live and to cleave. Praise God. We must understand what it means, what? To live and to cleave. The Bible says that what? For this reason, a man would what? Leave his wife and be what? Joined to... Sorry, a man would leave... Sorry, God forbid. I apologize. Uh, a man will leave his father's house and then will go and be joined to his wife and the two shall become what? One flesh. Hallelujah. No longer are they two, but what? One flesh. Praise the name of the Lord. I remember one time in Sunday school, we discussed a topic called apron strings in marriage. And part of those apron strings was simply that some people, when you have issues in your home, you are willing to run to mommy and daddy. Praise God. That is number one error for disaster in marriage. Praise the name of the Lord. Because the truth is what? They will always take sides. Praise God. No matter how much, if my children get married to, to tomorrow, my advice would be, if you have an issue, except it's life-threatening, don't call me. You have a pastor. You have leaders in your local church. They are supposed to be what? Unbiased in judging. Because the truth is what? Chances are, I might take what? My daughter or my son's side. And so for that reason, they would only validate your anger. And then you will go home and be fighting your spouse. Praise the name of the Lord. All these things are what? Apron strings in marriage. Another apron string in marriage is when you are allowing third parties to have a say in your home. Praise God. All these examples are things that perhaps we have to start marriage counseling from the pulpit. Because we may not have time to talk to everybody like this. But this is how we begin to correct the norms if we are going to have the signature of God in our homes. Because whether you like it or not, your children are watching. Praise God. Your children are watching. And children are like a blank piece of paper. Everything you do as a father and a mother, you are writing it on the tablets of their hearts. Praise God. This is why you must understand the essence of you being godly in your homes. We must not leave the teaching of our children to the church. Sorry, uh, to the schools. Because even the schools are no longer sure of what they are teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. I mean... Anyways, a time will not permit me to start saying things that are, are unpleasant. Praise God. But at least for anyone who has a child in school here, when your children come home, I believe you have the feedback. Praise the name of the Lord. This is why parents never leave the teaching of your children to the teacher in school. Praise the Lord. 
If not, you know, a man of God will say that whatever you tolerate today will frustrate you tomorrow. Praise God. Whatever you tolerate today would what? Frustrate you tomorrow. There are so many things that we keep quiet about. But it's high time for us as a church, for us as a people, we must begin to open our mouths to speak up. Praise the name of the Lord. If we are going to fulfill this dominion mandate, then it's high time we begin to take responsibility. Because only through this are we able to leave the signature of God in our respective families. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number, number three, how then do we leave the signature of God in the place of our marriage or in our families? Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You see, one of the things that I, I've come to understand is the fact that whether man or woman, everybody has a particular way they want to be loved or appreciated. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone has what? a way they wish to be appreciated or celebrated. I remember when I read the book, Five Love Languages. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I mean, so in other words, sorry, the point for number three is that what? We must be open to what? Learning. Hallelujah. We must be open to what? Learning. Learning God's idea about marriage and, and family life and learning God's idea about how to fulfill the expectations of our respective spouses. Praise the name of the Lord. And so back to the story of the love languages. There was a time when, for me growing up, I grew up very domesticated. And I will explain. Um, growing up, my mom used to always say that, I know this one, the wife would not... Um, I'm trying to use... So... In the Nigerian parlance, you say shakara, but um, I'm trying to find the English equivalent now, and it's failing me. Um, sorry? No. Okay, anyways, my wife will not be able to frustrate me on account of what to eat or what to drink. I mean, for me personally speaking, and she would testify to that, I can cook. I clean. I do all those things. And so when I got married, I assumed in my mind that that is how to please my wife. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so after I've done all the cleaning, all the cooking, and yet she's not happy. And I'm wondering, go and ask your mates outside, how many husbands clean? I mean, when it comes to the children, I will shower them, I'll do everything. And I was wondering, but and she's not happy. And so one day we had a conversation and she said, you know what? If you want to do something for me, do it the way I will appreciate it. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Then I began to understand that as much as she values my cooking, my cleaning, helping out with the children, that is not how I communicate love to her. Praise God. Because in my mind, I thought that was the best way I can say I love you. Praise God. But I came to realize that what? That was not how she understand love to be. Because for some people, their love language could just be what? Quality time. 
Praise the name of the Lord. In other words, you can leave the house dirty, I don't care. But just what? Spend time with me. Praise the name of the Lord. Because all these little things are loopholes through which the enemy tries to corrupt the home whereby when there is misunderstanding or discord or whatever it is, then a little living begins to live. A little living begins to live in the whole lump. Praise the name of the Lord. Some people, it could just be what? Act or should I say words of affirmation. Personally speaking, I've come to understand that men, some men, value what? Words of affirmation. In other words, you can forget about buying me gifts, but just a simple text. I really appreciate what you did for me the other day. You know, I know it's not easy being a man doing all this, but I appreciate you for what you do. For some men, that is all I need. That is the best way you can communicate that what you love me. And so many at times we begin to venture into doing things that we think is the way it should show that I love. So for example, I send you 1,000 pounds to your account. I'm sure all the ladies here will say yes. Hallelujah. But you see, when poverty is not your problem, you realize that what? Money is irrelevant. Praise God. Hallelujah. The only reason why you say money is my love language is because what? At, at your current state, there are certain things that you need. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the prayer is that there will come a point where money is not the issue. Praise God. There will come a point where money is not the issue. Because for some men, they believe that money is everything. So if my wife is crying, just buy her a new car. Praise God. But you see, at the, for, for those that are saying amen, they don't have any. Praise God. But there are people that have anything they want to drive, but yet they are miserable. This is the real fact of life. All I'm asking is what? Create time for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, there's a book I read one time in the past. It's called What um, by John Hagee and his wife. It was about um, what women want and what men want. Something along those lines. And I'll round up with that Share that story, then we'll continue next week. And so, in that story, the man was saying that this guy was a very successful dentist. He had his own practice, everything was working fantastically well. I mean, there are some people that, although you may not say it because you're a Christian, but you'll be wondering, what is this handsome man doing with this lady? Or what is this fine lady doing with this man? Praise God. And so, in this case, it was their case. Because the guy was tall, he had all the physique, but the wife was not so good looking. Praise God. And so, the man felt that, you know what, the best way I can show that I'm a man is that what I provide for my family. We go on holiday trips, whatever it is. But the wife was lacking something. And it was that what, time and attention. Praise God. And so, they began to renovate the house. The wife was not working. They began to renovate their house. Unfortunately, the guy who was in charge of renovating the house got into an affair with the wife. Praise God. Unfortunately or fortunately, because the Bible says all things work together for good. They eventually, no, but that's the truth. Whether you, whether you think, oh, it's a shame or whatever it is, God is the one who is the master planner. 
Praise God. I'm not saying God led them to temptation. No. But the beauty of God is that regardless of however the devil wants to come at it, God will bring out something good. Hallelujah. Even the Bible said that had they known, they wouldn't have what? Crucified the Lord of glory. And so in the story, the wife got pregnant. And so they came to the pastor asking, what do I do? And the man said that when the guy came to him for counsel, he told him, based on biblical injunction, you are well within your rights to end this marriage today. Because even the Bible said that the only reason for divorce is what? Infidelity. Praise God. And so he said, so according to God's plan or, or, or the te- template of scriptures, you are free to leave her. However, you have a choice. If you choose to stay with her, you must never use this as an issue in your home forever. And you must raise this child as if it was your own child biologically. And the man gave it a thought and said, I fear God and I want to do what God will have me do. Now, to cut the long story short, to the glory of God, that child has finished university. He paid the child's university all through. She ended the affair and whatever it is. But that's a testimony of the cases where the devil did not win. Praise the name of the Lord. That's where I'm going. Those are examples of people who chose to leave the signature of God in their home. Not everybody is that fortunate. That's the truth. Because there are stories that you hear of people that, you know what? That's the end. And they went their separate ways. Now, God will still bring something good out of those stories. Because that's the beauty of mercy. But from the beginning, it was never God's idea. And so you understand that if we are going to fulfill this dominion mandate, we mo- as it regards to the family life, for every married person here, or for those who are intending to get married, take time to understand what is God's idea concerning this thing I'm entering into. Because when we begin to abandon our desires and look out for what God wants in the very first place, only then are we able to fulfill God's plan because marriage was God's idea and not yours. And so if you are going to enjoy it God's way, there is a need to understand God's mind concerning that particular matter. And I pray that God will help us all in Jesus' mighty name. Let us bow our heads even as we pray. So many things have been said. So many things have been tugging at your hearts or making you question certain things. But God has brought this truth to us such that we are able to begin to take assessments or take stock. Perhaps for those of us who are married, to begin to reflect. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Where can I make certain compromises to ensure that my home has that signature of God in our family. So therefore, begin to ask the Holy Spirit for help. For those of us who are married, begin to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Perhaps there are people here, there is no peace in your home or your marriage. Begin to ask the Lord to intervene. Because the truth is, the day you understand God's idea is your day of salvation. 
And that salvation simply means that God is desiring to enter into that situation and have his influence in that matter. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit for help that I need your help, oh God. I desire to fulfill this dominion mandate. I ask that you will help me. That you will help me to build godly families. For us as men, sometimes distractions are I want to pursue money. But yet, we leave the upbringing only to our wives. Not realizing that there are certain virtues that must be communicated from a man to his children. Lord, we are asking for your help. That Lord, you will help us not to fail in this assignment in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will indeed equip us with the hunger and the desire to want to know more of you. That Father, you will help us all, O God, in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name. Finally, perhaps you are yet to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The only reason why God will take responsibility in ensuring that everything that pertains to your life is a priority is that you must acknowledge him as your Lord and your Savior. Because the moment he becomes your Lord and your Savior is simply meaning that he's taking full ownership unhindered unrestricted access to the matters that concern you perhaps you're online and you're here and you would want to make jesus the lord and savior of your life why don't you say with me lord jesus come into my life today forgive me of my sins cleanse me with your blood even as i confess you as my lord and my personal savior and help me to walk in the realities of the new creation. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Everlasting Father God in heaven, we thank you for your word. Asking that your Holy Spirit will preserve these words in our hearts. And that it will bring about a transformation in our homes. And from our homes, we will impact society. And from society, the world will be changed for Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.